Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 107. Yeah, yeah, welcome. We were just talking about the worst fucking take that uh, Hunter and Kaz <laughs> ever had, and it does have, have nothing to do with Valorant whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but they both don't like wearing sunscreen, which mm. is the mo- the stupidest thing I've ever seen, like, heard of in my life. Like, now, You've known my hate for sunscreen for years. Yeah, I know, and I've seen you get ridiculously burned to the point where you're in pain for a week. I usually use sunscreen now. I just don't <laughs> like it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like all it takes is one time of being like, oh, I'm going to die. Nope. uh, I've gone through the dying part. Like, I used to do it every spring. We'd go to the Caribbean. And I would just be, get absolutely fucking roasted and my back's peeling. And Okay, that is taking it a level further than I would do. Like, in cases where I I expect I'll get that burned, I will absolutely use sunscreen as much as I hate it. Um, It's just that I don't you know, very often uh, do those kinds of things. I, I, I'm a bit of a vampire, I guess, in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I just like, well, I definitely hated sunscreen more than I do now. Yeah. But, yeah. Because, like, I've never I've never had, like, a ton of skin on my body all peeling off at once. I've had, like, my face or a little bit of my arms peel, but that's, that's always because I'm like, yeah, oh, I terrible. won't be out here that long. I've never had, like, full-on sun poisoning. And a lot of that's because when I was growing yeah, up, my mom like thankfully. made sure I put sunscreen on, and then it's only been I've only been able to make bad decisions as I've gotten older. So <laughs> that which is nice. Hunter, your face is ginger. You really need sunscreen. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's that's the thing. Like, you a pale motherfucker. <laughs> I am. This is this is true. But I mean, hey, you've seen you've seen my face. Uh, obviously, the lighting is kind of yellow, which uh, helps you know not make it as obvious. But like, you've seen my face on Pod for you know once a week for two, for a couple of years now. I've never come to Pod like cherry red, or if so, it's been very rare. So so you know, no. I don't get badly burnt all that often. No, yeah, I was just go. in Mexico for two weeks, so I uh, you know mm-hmm. was uh, we went through bottles like plural of sunscreen. Oh the, yeah, sure. Yeah, and it, yeah, and if I went to Mexico, I would I would definitely be using sunscreen in that scenario. As much as I would, it'd be making my experience worse. I I would suck it up for that. I mean, speaking I mean, yeah, of Mexico, like, what the fuck are you drinking, Cass? Um, not tequila. Oh, although I might get into the tequila. My later. transition. I know. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm drinking a Fieldhouse Anniversary Edition beer. It's an eight hop IPA. I wonder Muddled. if it shows me what the hops are. Nope, just, just you just know that there's eight of them. Yep. Cheers to eight years. Um. Uh oh. Okay. Oh no. Here we go. Um, brewed for our eighth year or eight year anniversary. This IPA features eight hops. Taking the phrase "the more the merrier" literally. Amarillo, Citra, Citra Cryo, Mosaic, Simcoe, Tetanang, HBC 1019, HBC 682, and that's it. I'm more of an HBC 681 kind of guy, honestly. I'm not sure. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of hops in here. Um well, I, I remember, like, there was one time back when Chase and I lived in our old house, uh, and I went to the liquor store to get uh, a few beers, and I found um, one of the Fieldhouse Anniversary Edition, like, KZ IPAs. Um, 
And then I went home. I had that beer. I only got one of them because I got like a variety of stuff. And then I was just like, holy fuck, this is one of the best beers I've ever had. And I went back later that day, like literally just later in the day to grab more of them. And they were out. Word spread fast. Yeah. Yeah, Never to be seen Um, again. But yeah, so this one is not quite as good as that anniversary edition beer, but it's still very solid. Sounds tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It Actually, looks very orange in that glass. Yeah. Yeah, very hazy. I wonder if it might have been their first ever anniversary edition beer. Like seven years ago? Yeah, I'm wondering if I've been around Vancouver long enough for that. I mean, technically, but I feel like you would have been like a second year. Yeah. So it might have been their, like, second anniversary edition or something. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, here we are. It It's delicious. Maybe it is as good as the the other one. The other one's just, like... You've built it up so much in your mind. Yeah, that exactly. It's the best beer you've ever had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> like, kind of subpar. Or just, yeah. you know... Yeah, slightly sure better than average. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, still, I'm still pretty confident it was really good. Because I drank... Nice beers back then, too. Like, my beer taste hasn't evolved so much since you've met me compared to vice versa. Yes. So. One of you has rubbed off on the other more than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm quite good at rubbing off on Chase. Yeah, I was teeing you up for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First, I'm hearing of it. <laughs> Thank God I moved out. Yeah. <laughs> what can I get into my uh, beer, Mr. Uh, Cass? No. Trace, what are you drinking? Yeah, okay, well, so... <laughs> <laughs> I went to the fridge earlier to make myself a mixed drink. Uh, and I was going to have a, like, vodka crayon. And I was kind of talking to these guys during di- in Discord. And so I wasn't paying attention when I was pouring the vodka. And I poured myself an entire glass of Grey Goose. Um, which... I just have a bottle of Grey Goose at my house from family being in town that they left. So I have like a, a massive like bottle. It's like a it's a very uh, big like bottle. A, it's like a handle size. Might be bigger than uh, that. Well, it's just not in the shape of like a standard handle. So yeah. it's like in the Grey Goose, Grey Goose shape. But I think it's like handle. Oh, just a volume. 1.75? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I filled an entire glass with vodka and then topped it off with cranberry juice. So I'm making my way through that. Wow. And I kind of thought I'd, I kind of thought I'd drank like most of it because I was really feeling the, uh, the vodka. And then I looked at it and I was like about halfway through. So by the time I finish this, I might be fucking trashed. We'll see. We'll see. Alrighty. Well, Hunter, what do you have? Yeah. So I am currently, uh, sipping on a goat IPA. This is, Cass is going to absolutely love the NFL tie-in, but this is made in a collaboration with Union Brewing Co., which is probably one of the bigger and more popular craft breweries around here. However, I tend to find their stuff a little underwhelming. I'm I'm not a big Union fan, but I'd always wanted to try the beer made with Ed Reed, one of the greatest safeties of all time. I was thinking in in advance of this podcast how to, you know, tie this into Valorant, uh, pro Valorant fans who have never watched NFL. 
And it's like if you put the, the mind of FNS with the raw mechanical skill of tens, and then you get Ed Reed. So there you have it. So hold on. Is he a quarterback? You don't like unions. <laughs> yes, I am very anti-union. Are... The rest okay. of the pod in back <laughs> is going to be talking about uh, <laughs> strategies for union busting and uh, how to <laughs> lobby successfully to get that legislation passed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's union brewing go. Yeah. Welcome to Drunk Republicans. This is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the goat is light amber in color and laid back with aromas of stone fruit, white grape, and citrus. Just enough to let you know there's some serious hops in this beer. And then there's some more flowery language, but honestly, it's a pretty you know, run-of-the-mill uh, IPA. Uh, fairly easy drinking. It has um, Citra, Galaxy, and Nelson Sauvin hops. And you can definitely taste the Galaxy, which elevates this above your standard, you know, uh, citrus and stone fruit IPA. The, the Galaxy in there definitely makes it pop a little bit. But I would say the best strength of this is it comes in at 6.5. It's light. It uh, has some sweetness, some bitterness, but not too much of either. So this is a great, like, easy drinking IPA. Like, I'm rarely going to be like, oh, I need to, you know, grab an Ed Reed beer. But I, it, I could always drink one, basically. Hmm. On a somewhat unrelated note, but partially related, and you don't need to give like a paragraph explanation here, just a yes or no will do. Um, <laughs> Damn. Is the Baltimore team still in the football season? Like the playoffs? Oh my god, dude, I don't know how I forgot to mention this. <laughs> yes, where they're about to play the first ever AFC championship in Baltimore. So they're one of the last four teams, is what that means for you non football watching plebeians. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So that's like okay, right? Like they're doing okay this year? Yes. For like for you even six, less six watching teams football. in the league or <laughs> Yeah, thirty two <laughs> teams in the league. Okay, but like Yeah. Are they good? Like do do they have a shot? Yes, yes. I, I, I didn't I didn't get more into this because you frequently shut down because yeah, I, you're <laughs> related. I, so I, I, I don't, don't really care. Like, like I'm saying, you can answer all of these with yes and no, and that's totally I mean, you're doing it as the podcast host. You know what the people want to hear. I know some of our listeners are NFL fans. So, yeah, in fact, the Ravens have actually had a historically great season. Um, basically, very few teams over the history of the NFL have had more dominant victories over other good teams than the Ravens have had this year. Um, like they seem far and away on paper at this point, the best team in the league. Um, and almost everyone will agree with you on that. So the question is, do they choke in the championship and or the Super Bowl if they get there? Or or do they come out strong? And personally, I, see. I think so they come out strong. You're, you're in the uh, phase right now where you can't say that they're going to the Super Bowl because it would be bad luck to say that and they yeah. could choke in this championship. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely not going to okay. say they are. What you're saying is 100% they're going to the Super Bowl and nothing can stop them. <laughs> they're the <laughs> odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. That's oh, what they I are. can say. Oh, absolutely. Were they the odds-on going into the playoffs? Um, they, I, I'm not sure if like, they did were. Did they have a shot at the start of the playoffs? Oh, they definitely had a shot for sure. Okay. I mean, the number so one they had team a shot. in the AFC going in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're saying you're yeah. saying they're like, were they the fanatic or were they like the the loud? Uh, un- unfortunately, fanatic was who was the number one seed at champs last year? I, I don't remember now. I mean, I, I think fanatic would be fanatic. Okay, yeah, I, I think just regardless of the seeding, I think fanatic would be the best comp because fanatic was the team everyone thought should be favored to win. 
Um, yeah. And they had okay. had some very dominant victories earlier in the year and then fell off. Thankfully, the Ravens okay. have played one playoff game mm-hmm. already in which they were quite good against a resurgent Texans team. So I'm very hopeful there's going to be no choking and just one of the most dominant Super Bowl wins Sorry. if we get there. They've only played they've only played one playoff game so far? Well, because we had a first-round bye. So there were um, seven teams in our conference who made it to the playoffs. Six teams you played in round win, one. You can win the playoffs with two games by playing Super three. Bowl. Yeah, three but games. I'm saying like, you can win the fucking Super Bowl. What's that, the Lombardi Trophy? Yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. Both okay. of those are With correct. Three wins. Yes, that is correct. That's what the Ravens will do Holy if they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sounds like uh, like kickoff and EG. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. like, <laughs> what the? That's nothing. Well, that's why the games are so exciting, because each one has so I much mean, weight, yeah, particularly like, the playoffs. Like, but like, I, 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 just like three wins teams. teams. Right, there's, what, 16 teams in the conference? Yeah, there's 16 teams per conference, so seven of those go to the playoffs each year. So 14 teams total. Oh, I thought it was a 16 team playoff. Uh, no, no, it used to be 12. So you had okay. uh, two teams in each conference with the first round bye, and then they yeah. increased it to seven. So now just the one seed gets a bye. So there are only two mm-hmm. teams in the whole league that got a bye, and the Ravens were one of them. Can you explain to me why in the living fuck they don't do an eight team playoff where nobody gets a bye? Or just do 16. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the well, reason 16 is, is everybody. 16. Okay, the reason huh? for it is that... 16 is everybody, so like it wouldn't make any sense to do 16 uh, because then there would be no point to the regular <clears throat> season where you have you to qualify eight eight. for playoffs. 8-8. Eight eight. Oh, well, yeah, that, yeah, no, that is what we're talking about. Right now it's 7-7. Yeah, oh, seven. okay. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I see. You said, well, why not just do 8? And I thought you meant only 8 teams go to the playoffs. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, yeah. I'm thinking 16 total, 8-8. Eight and eight. That yeah, just makes I, the most sense. I do, I do have an answer for you, Chase, and the reason is that a 12-team playoffs is really optimal because I think the two first-round buys provides some really meaningful games among the top teams towards the end of the year. Um, and the reason they increase... I to, see, because it makes those games matter more. Yeah, because basically, yeah. if you have a chance at the two-seed before when you get a first-round buy, you really want to play for that. Whereas if you're just jostling for position between four and two... Uh, in the current system where you don't get a buy, it really doesn't matter all that much. Like home field advantage mm-hmm. is nice to have, but if the, if you could rest your starters uh, and, you know, be healthier for the playoffs, that's far more important than the home field advantage. Um, but it, the reason that they increased to the 14 teams is purely because NFL execs, you know, had the dollar sign eyes like you see in, in comics and stuff. And they, yeah. they just saw how much more money they could make by having um, two additional games um, in the wild card round. Uh, mm-hmm. And they would increase it to you know another team for each uh, conference if they weren't worried about people about backlash and also diminishing the excitement of the games by having you know too many teams be in there. I think they should go Is back he... to the twelve team playoffs. Honestly, well, one of the one of the things that the NHL used to have, and they got rid of it because they wanted people to be able to build brackets. Mm-hmm. To like submit your playoff bracket or whatever, which I think yeah, is like March so Madness dumb. style. Yeah, because well, it's so they, huge in like in basketball. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, but like that's like for March Madness, that's like a very, you know, it's it's just one game. Let's say it. it's a very like I don't know. I feel like that's its own thing. You submit your bracket for March Madness. There's sixty four fucking teams. I don't know if they upped it to one twenty eight yet. I know there were talks no, it's about 64. that. Sixty four. Okay, so it's, like, it's plus four. So it's 68 teams, I believe, currently. Okay. Um, I know there were talks of just making it much larger, but at any rate, like, 
that's super cool. There's so many fucking teams there, and you get to, like, pick your way through the bracket and everything, and, like, that's fine. But, like, in what the NHL used to have was reseeding between rounds. And so the higher, like, it, it made all the games at the end of the season, as Hunter was saying, more relevant. Mm -hmm. Because if you're the eighth seed in your conference, you have to go up against the number one seed, beat them, and then probably play the number two seed right after that. Um, and I That's thought that, up. like, it, yeah, it gives you a much bigger advantage to doing well in the regular season. And it also made for... Like, when a team did go on that Cinderella run through the playoffs, it's like, holy fuck, they're actually knocking off, like, behemoths here. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah. complete argument against that... We're so far from Valor right now. But the <laughs> complete argument against that is, as much. <laughs> um, is that it disincentivizes Cinderella runs, and Cinderella runs increases viewership significantly for those games. That is true. And so, like, if you're going on, on a run as a team that's not supposed to be there playing the one, two, three seed in a row is most of the time going to knock you out, right? Whereas in a standard bracket, if you get, if you play like the two seed and then the seven seed and then the four seed, like you're, mm -hmm. you have more of a chance to go further and then you're going to increase viewership for all of those games. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I just thought the like, I just thought that the reseeding between rounds was super cool. And if you look at, like, the NHL as a whole, the President's Trophy winner being the best team in the regular season does not have a great shot, necessarily, at winning the Cup compared to other sports. Um, and, like, I, I can't tell you exactly why that is. I don't really know. I mean, part of it is, like, hockey has kind of, like, an unwritten rule set for the playoffs where you can get Playoff away with hockey more is different yeah yeah that's true and, in football to an extent right it's like the refs aren't going to call every little minor infraction there's more of a put your whistles down let them play kind of mentality and uh also like i it's something that the caps tried to do for years um which is our defense is going to suck we're just going to score more goals than you. And it worked for the regular season so fucking well and won the multiple president's trophies, um, being the best team in the league. Mm -hmm. And then they just could not get away with that in the playoffs. Something about the way playoff hockey works just did not More physical suit. defenses getting away with stuff against them was slowing them down. Yep, maybe. Um, yeah, or just like, it, it just didn't work in the playoffs. And there's this like, there's kind of this, like, accepted mentality now that, like, defense is going to win you the championships. Your offense is what's getting you to the playoffs in the first place. Um, and then your goalie also just needs to transform into a brick wall. <laughs> like, I can't think of the last time a team has won the cup without having a goalie that just... Is, like, absolute, all time. Yeah, just, like, yeah. just won them games off of their performances alone. Like, you had no business winning this game, and your goalie just bailed you the fuck out. Is it, is it, a, is it a saying in hockey as well as football that uh, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships? Um, I, I have like not that. heard that's, that. That's thing, hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah. a classic football thing, as, as, as I would know as a Ravens fan who have traditionally had much better defenses than offenses. But we arguably have the number one of both this year, so <laughs> pick your poison. Okay. 
I promise this podcast is about Valorant, so let's <laughs> let's switch gears here. Yeah. Um, okay, well the big the big news on the on the docket here is um, Sky got fucking pee pee slapped. Yeah, Riot <laughs> took a big note from Brimstone and opened up the sky. Completely gutted her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm a little embarrassed. I couldn't predict that where that one was going sooner. Really got me. Um. I, I thought Chase was going to say something about no rechargeable utility, but <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that that's a the I, not necessarily a breach buff, but or like the nerf, but you know, similar. Now now Sky has uh, has two flash, two flash only. Is there okay? Brim has no rechargeable utility. Sky no longer has rechargeable utility. But There's got to be someone else. Utility, right? It just isn't flashes. His, his you know, no, but he's, say, he's saying Brim, Brim oh, and Sky now. Say Brim. I meant to say Brim, not Breach. But oh. yeah, so Brim and Sky <laughs> might be the only ones. There, I feel like there might be someone else. Arena? 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 Yeah, technically, although her, her, her shit is weird because she can get her ult fairly readily, which then, you know, replenishes her charges. Yeah, but, but Reyna. No, yeah, not, not um, recharging utility. Yeah. Ice That's though? fair. Oh yeah, ISO as well. Yeah, huh. ISO doesn't get. Yeah, so there are more. There are more coming in. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. So you know, let's let's get. How into does Fade the... get her shit? Oh, Deadlock and yeah. Sage. Oh, oh no, Sage has recharge. Yeah, Sage has recharge. Deadlock, no. Yeah. Well, uh, shall we? Shall we keep put that on the back burner and dive into what exactly changed with Sky since we've alluded to it but not really gotten into it? Go for um, it. Yeah. So first of all. You get two flashes, and that's it for per round. Um, you it, it now the guiding light, the flash, automatically activates the flash at the end of its lifetime. So that means instead of the flash, you know, the bird expiring useless, as Cass reminded in Discord, uh, was wont to happen to me, particularly after the duration nerf. Um, one of the reasons I stopped playing Sky for sure. That was very frustrating <laughs> to have to you know relearn that. But now that's not possible because it's always going to pop. Um, and the the very minor change to Sky is that the Seekers will now get a yellow directional warning indicator. Uh, I guess it's helpful if a Seeker is behind you in a chaotic moment that you can see on the screen, oh, I need to turn around and shoot this. But, it's No, it's very useful when you're behind a smoke. I experienced it several times in the game we played earlier. Oh, that you can just spam where the arrow is. So you yeah, know if it's targeting you. I, I can just yeah. spam it. Like, Interesting. If Sky Pop Seekers with more than three people <laughs> alive, they target the three closest. Right? Yeah, so, so And oftentimes you don't know if you are one of those people. So yeah. it kind of just tells right. you, hey, you're you're being targeted and here's where it's coming from. Right. And so like I was able to spam it fairly safely from behind the smoke, even though I couldn't see it. Well, just to be clear, Chase, it does say uh, when a seeker gets close to a target, then you'll get to the yellow direction. Yeah, I assume it, it is like when it's locked on slash when it, it yeah. would be visible to you, right? Because there, there's the whole, like, it's invisible until it gets close to you anyway. Well, I think the big distinction that Cass is saying is that it's not just when you can see it, but when it is locking on to you, which is before you can see it if you're behind something. And, and now mm. that's telling you, hey. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. It's like a wild wing in uh, Mario Kart where you hear that. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, I don't know. The whole, like, the sky things being, like, somewhat invisible, but then not always. It's like, I'm pretty sure you've always been able to, like, you can always see the one that's targeting you. 
There's just a proximity on the ones that aren't targeting you, or once yeah. they, they have to have locked on to their person before you can right. see them. Something yeah, it's like so that. weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because, like, I was shocked when I found out a couple podcasts ago that they were invisible all the time. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, there are definitely times when, like, you can, like, unload a clip. Like, you, you see Sky's around a corner, right? Like, you know that Sky's stuck behind a corner. Sky pops all, and you can just kind of spray down that angle and. Sometimes you'll get all three of them, but then sometimes one, like, you might not get, and it sneaks by and, like, hits your teammate or whatever. Or, like... Yeah, because you can't see it yet, your teammates. So, as we're saying, like, whatever. I know that there's a Sky Seeker coming at me, but I don't know if it's latched onto me or the guy who was standing on site roughly equidistant from Sky as I was. And so it's like, well, I don't really know if I need to be spamming this right now, and I just can't see the Seeker yet, or... Yeah, it's... I That mechanic is weird. And I'm not fully on board with liking it. Yeah, I guess... But I, the other thing is yeah. fine. Yeah, like, I I was saying it's minor, but it actually might have more significance than I thought because there definitely are plenty of times that, like, I know that a sky cabbage is going to be looking for me and I swing one way and it's not there and then I get caught up in a fight and then it pounces on me from behind because that was the pathing it took. And so to be able to have that warning be like, oh, turn around, dumbass, like, that's going to actually, you know, save my ass sometimes. Um, so that's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice. It's definitely a, a nerf to the ult. Yeah. 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 Which um, I'm not really sure if it needed now that the ult points have been increased. And the health yeah, of the I don't cabbages think it needed is, that either. Yeah. Like, I don't think it particularly needed I, I, it either. I get it in terms of, like, Riot has constantly said that they're trying to improve game state clarity. Yeah. And so, like, I get it from that perspective, but I feel like it maybe should have been accompanied by, like, a slight buff so yeah maybe it was more of a change yeah yeah such that the change ends up being more lateral instead of vertical yeah well when we yeah. when we move back over to the guiding light there's zero lateral here or very little well there um, is a bit of lateral well it increases the skill floor and lowers the skill ceiling yes exactly so i mean specifically we're talking about the change where it pops at the end of the um, of the guiding lights time, no matter yeah. what. So basically, this is a buff to low elo and a nerf to high elo, right? It is a buff to people who don't know the timings and are going to let their flash expire without it actually getting any value. Um, you don't have to pop it if you're just going to plan on it going the full distance anyway, right? It's a lot easier for if you're learning how to play Sky, if you're like, you know, concerned about something else, you just want to throw that flash out there. You don't have to do anything else. You can then you know, completely, you know, focus on something else for that time, because that bird is going to pop at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then it is a nerf at higher elo because it takes away options, right? It takes away your option to fake flash. It takes away the, op takes away the option for you to uh, realize, oh, I actually didn't want to flash here because maybe my team went in without, like, understanding they would be flashed from this angle, so I should not pop it. Um... And it's going to pop anyway. So in those scenarios, you're going to flash your team a little bit more, or you're just not going to be able to fake flash. Well, yeah, and, and going off of that is, is why I wanted to disagree a little bit on the idea of this being a buff for low elo, because while, yes, obviously, you, you don't, you're not going to be doing one of my sky mistakes in you know, not popping your flash on time, there are plenty of times when you're flashing for your team in ranked, and the timing is not what you think it will be when you uh, throw the bird out. 
that your team pushes faster onto site than expected. Maybe you knew your team was going to be pushing, but you were trying to flash back site. And then you see that your jet or your Yoru or your Rays is all of a sudden back there. And, you know, now you need to not pop the flash and you have to scramble to hide it somewhere. Um, and that will be, that is greatly decreased the higher you go up in ELO because you have a, a really, a much clearer, you know, exec plan where you're not going to have your flash where your teammate is. But I feel like, you know, maybe at the very lowest ranks, you know, iron bronze, there's so little teammate coordination that it doesn't matter. But I feel like there's still a decent amount of sky flashing for their teammates in silver, gold, plat and stuff. And that's going to be really annoying. Like there's no way I'm going back to playing sky now for that reason as one of the chief among them. Yeah, but I, uh, I feel like you're disproportionately bad at flashing your own team. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain that besides, like... And this could be confirmation bias. It's yeah. confirmation bias because before this podcast, Cass and Hunter were arguing for, like, half an hour about, like, a certain flash Proper angle on ascent. Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Where, I where I, Hunter did yeah. flash both Cass and I trying to go go into a, an angle, and yes. we were both behind him. And they talked about it for a fucking half and hour for the record, the yeah. I was right. For the record, I also agree with Cass, and <laughs> but also I'm I'm already sick of their shit. So that was where we yeah. started this podcast. Like, yeah, I'm also done with the the Phoenix yeah. Flash conversation. <laughs> but, but what I will say is that I ended up flashing Chase a couple times in that game due to the fact that this was the first time of me playing Phoenix in a long time. It was on a set. Yeah, about like, four to twelve times. <laughs> I was like, I hate I, this I map. I got flashed times as well. But here's the thing. Normally, I don't flash Chase all that much, and I do flash Cass a bunch. So Cass is the one who mm-hmm. gets it uh, the worst in general. It was the exception of that last game where I was just flashing everyone. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of why I found it so surprising. I'm like, I never get flashed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm all the way back here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The um. Okay. the The change to Sky has opened up one scenario in which I can see that being a benefit, and it yeah. has nothing to do with Elo. If I'm entering a site as Sky. Mm-hmm. I'm forced to entry for whatever reason, right? You can throw that bird up, push forward, so the bird is now kind of just behind you, and you can have your gun out and be ready to take duels, and it functions as a fake flash during its initial flight duration, and then it eventually just actually becomes a flash and beforehand you needed to mentally pop that or like you needed to mentally recognize now is when i want to pop this and you have your gun out that's my question oh yeah just just to be clear when when you are piloting the skybird so you're holding down your your mouse one you have you know just your hands out as you're piloting um whereas the minute you let go and just let the skybird go on its course it's set on you equip your gun so, like, okay. if you were to just... I was thinking of a slightly different scenario where you, uh, you know, let's say you're smoked off outside of a site. You chuck the flash in a straight line to back site, and then you push through the smoke and, like, you know, take an angle such that you're clearing a different spot of site than where the, the flash is popping. Mm-hmm. Um, and either in either case, yeah, there is that potential that you can, you know, have your gun out and have this flash still pop. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I think that, that that is a much bigger positive than the negative of at least the teammate. No, um, but you could do that beforehand. Yeah, I realize I said that a little sloppily. You could still yeah. pop it beforehand. It's just that now it pops without you doing anything. 
You can still yeah, you so can you can be fully focused on any duel that you're yeah, in. Yeah, you can yeah. be fully and, focused, and you on also anything. still get the information and the flash out of it. Yeah, because um, beforehand you could do the exact same thing I'm talking about. You just needed to tap E again to pop that flash. Right, right. When you wanted it to pop. Yep. Whereas now, what I'm imagining is I'm just going to use a site ascent here, for example. Um, you're smoked off a main. You have to entry. Time's going low or whatever. Um, you just chuck that flash up into the sky. You push out onto hey, up into the sky. Um, you just walk out onto site. <laughs> and beforehand, you needed to walk out onto site and utilize the fake flash aspect of it and potentially take any duels. And then when you wanted to pop it, you would pop it. Um, whereas now you don't need to worry about that. You can just run onto site, do your thing. It functions as a fake flash. If you're throwing it up and behind you, it'll eventually just pop itself. Um, I see a slight circumstantial benefit in that regard, but I would say in general it is a reduction of the floor ceiling. Of the floor ceiling? Skill, yeah. <laughs> skill ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a reduction of the, the, the skill ceiling that also has some repercussions at low elo because I don't think it's, you know, while that play is cool, it definitely isn't always relevant or the easiest to pull off successfully. And then when you have elevation in the map such that people might not be flashed by a, a flash that's way up in the air, like you're talking about, you know, there's a lot of situations where that's not going to help you all that much. I mean, sure, but there's also, a, I feel like there's more plays than this, like, just straight up in the air behind you, like, gecko-type flash. Well, yeah, I mean, I was talking Cass about the one where you about, send it back like, site, but, yeah. I'm, yeah, there's one where you send it back site. There's one where you send it uh, around a 50-50 corner, and so you, you know the distance on it, so you can, like, run up and then peek left side while it, the bird flashes right side or something like that. But, but in that Maybe. scenario... Like, if you're able to peek off your own flash this way... Yeah. Like, with, your flash and, moves faster than you can. So yeah. there's no 50-50 in which you can do that. And, like, there's the 50-50 stereo... Here's what you do. You start, you start facing the other way. You pile it away from you. You then turn it around back towards you a little bit away. So then you can turn <laughs> around you and turn. run. And you, <laughs> and you both e enter onto site on a 50-50 angle at the same time. Where you peek one way, the flash pops the other way. It's funny. I think it was Tarek who was talking yeah. about this change and didn't realize that, like, you could still pop it whenever you wanted on your own. I think yeah. you were saying, like, no, oh, there, the this was also only... In... Somebody was thinking like, this on black chat. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, that would be insane. Little... That would be, right. that would be, be disgustingly awful. bad. Yeah. yeah, they're thinking, oh, you could own... It only pops at the end of its duration. Oh, that and Tarek's would be like, what? Am I gonna... Is somebody gonna have to, like, fly in circles if they want to <laughs> fucking pop flash an angle? Like... Requesting clearance of ground control to land. <laughs> yeah, just do a couple loops yeah. and then fucking send it in. But I, I do think there is something to be said now on, like... Sky lineups might be a thing now. Yeah, potentially. Like, you just have oh, to yeah. learn, this is where I throw it. And when I throw it standing here at this angle, it's going to, like, perfectly pop flash around this corner. Yeah, while, while I peek from the, over here. Because, I mean, you could have done that anyway, but you would have had to have, like, guided it there or no, but like, but then known, you're playing, known when to pop it. Yeah, but then you're playing the game of, like, okay, it's kind of like this way you can lab it out and know that this is a 
literally undodgeable perfect pop flash. The way people have done with, like, KO left-click flashes. Whereas, there was always going to be before oh, yeah. you had to like, manually pop it. A yeah, you couldn't be milliseconds of off. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, like, you needed to give yourself a little bit of leeway. Whereas, like, now, it is possible to have a literal perfect god-tier pop flash. Yeah, because there is a time where it pops every single mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I, I do think those are going to be pretty situational. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean... I, yeah, so now that we've discussed, you know, some of the possible use cases of the Flash, what are we thinking about the change? Good? Bad? Well, I mean, the other, the other part of it... The, oh, no uh, shit, it's bad for Sky. It's bad for Sky. I I like the change, I think. I mean, we've oh, been talking... God. Sky's been, like, disgusting for a long time. Um... I think I I don't necessarily like all of it, but I think obviously she needed a a nerf, and obviously Riot is trying to get other like initiators played or just other comps played, so the sky is not required in a lot of comps. Um, it seems like they really want Gecko to be yeah. seeing a lot more play, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where yeah, Gecko has the head. I'm ahead of the curve. What did I switch this from Sky to Gecko before it was cool to do so? Yeah, before it was good to do so. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we well, talked about my problems before... with flashing on Sky. So okay, that, but that even before the Sky nerf, I think Gecko. No, Gecko was going to be good. Yeah, right Gecko was really good because of the buff, and now yeah. they're, they've nerfed Sky heavily, and so now you're just going to see a lot of Gecko. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean um, the. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Hunter. Yeah, I I hate the change. Um, not I don't hate the idea of Sky being nerfed at all, and her flash was definitely one of the best pieces of utility in the game. Um, I, I just think that uh, making there only be two of them, it kind of kind of comes down to the uh, the death of Valorant episode <laughs> with the uh, alt point changes and the jet nerf, where we talked about jet nerf. Was that the jet nerf that I, 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 I have no idea? But anyway, um, that we oh yeah, the jet lost her updraft. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, that we were talking about, you know, Riot doing some things for balance that are less fun, and and I fully agree with that. I think Sky's Flash is one of the more interesting things in the game. And I think there was so many other things they could have done. Like, the thing that came comes to mind for me that I think would have been a much better change while also taking down its power a couple pegs would be, um, number one, the cooldown between uh birds uh getting another one back is greatly increased like you know call it 10 seconds or something um basically making it so that you will rarely be getting more than three birds per round you know the idea of getting four uh i don't know how realistic it was to get five i haven't i didn't do the math on that but basically you're getting three you're not getting more than three flashes most of the time um and then i think the second thing for it would be and i think this would have been a really interesting mechanic you only the bird only said blinded only you only got the info if someone is full flashed if you, if the person dodges the flash you do not get the info from them because and that's I, I feel like that's that defeats the point of the ability well i mean i honestly i honestly think that the the problem with sky was that she did two you know two things really well which is info and um and you know, initiation with the flashes and that, you know, takes a big chunk out of the info that like, you know, if, if you're flashing close to you, uh, where you can capitalize off the flash and it's a little bit harder to dodge, 
then you know you still get the value there but you, you don't have the, the thing that was so good about it is you could just truck it back into a site and anyone in a rat angle would be called out and you now know oh someone's hiding here even if you yeah, thought again, beforehand it, that no one is there but if you take that away it defeats the point of the ability well i mean i, I think i think i think the fact that well, you can it would pilot still a flash, flash yeah i think the point of being able to pilot a flash to a specific location you want on the map and pop it with precise timing as to when you want to pop it um, I, I think that's still very strong. Like, honestly, I think, I think this might be a hot take. I think if you revert skies, you know, r- ignore this change, we go back to how the, the flash was and you say it now just doesn't provide info, but you know, you still get the same recharge. You can still pop, you know, it still doesn't auto pop. I think that's better than this current change. Zero info. No, like, I, I think it's still better. I don't think sky gets played that or not as much play then. Well, I mean, it's, like, it would still yeah, be a well, yeah, Sky is also not getting as much play here. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, but, like, I'm saying, like, okay yeah. but like, but now it is mandatory to have an information agent then, at, like, a pro play perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think mandatory, that's kind of what they were looking mandatory for. Mandatory is a stretch. Mandatory is a strong word, but yeah, I think that two what they were trying to get away from yeah. was having your flash initiator and info initiator be the same character. Yeah. Right, right, and they want to see you make a choice in your team comp either between them or to discard something else to have both. Yeah, so that's right. why I was saying they should just Whereas, take away except some of for the Gecko, info. who kind of gives yeah. you both still, and and Sky, who kind of yeah, gives you okay. both. Still. I, I, like they, I feel they like both are kind of in line in that in the info sense, you know. It, okay, but I feel like it takes away if like you don't get that blinded if they dodge the flash. It offers too much variability and randomness that you can't effectively play around in attack shooter. Well, you, you play around it very differently. Because, yeah, but I, I, I just feel like that's not, I don't know. I think that's a bad take. Like it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's like you take KO's knife and KO's knife now doesn't tell you which agents you suppressed. Well, KO's, I mean, the, the effect of being suppressed is, in general, well, okay, the, the KO knife having a much more limited range than the Sky Flash, along with the suppression, you know, being flashed anywhere where the bird is visible is definitely stronger than being suppressed in a very small area. Now, if you improve, you know, suppression to be anywhere you saw the knife land, then that's probably stronger, but that's not what the situation is. Well, the, what I'm saying is, like, I, I totally get what you're saying, in that, like, there are plenty of times where you can get especially coming from playing Sky the way she was, if we did either of my changes, the no info... Well, we'll, we'll go on the one that I said first, which is that if you dodge the flash, you, you don't get info off of that. Yeah, obviously, there are going to be plenty of times where you think, oh, it didn't ping anyone. We're probably good to go. And someone had dodged it. But, like, you, you, you end up having to... You end up rethinking how you play with it, where most of the time, you just treat it as a flash that you can fly into position wherever you want. And then if you do get someone blinded, now you know I can go ahead and swing them. And I guess that is a bit of a buff as well in that, like, if someone is close to you and you hear the blinded, now you know for you sure. You guarantee that they are full flash. Yeah, yeah which you know, I hadn't really thought about until I said it just now. But, like, basically you just play around it differently. I don't think it ruins the ability, even though it I, is a nerf for sure. Yeah, I, I think it definitely ruins. Like, I feel like it ruins the point of the ability. It doesn't necessarily make it awful. It's still I a flash. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. think it necessarily makes it bad. Yeah, but breach mains are fucking molding at this conversation. <laughs> but yeah. it ruined, no, no, it ruins the point of that ability. 
I think the point of the ability what, is that what, what extra information does breach flash get you? No, nothing. It yeah, just but flashes. That's, but again, but because that's not the point of the ability. How how soon do if it, does uh, breaches flash recharge? Oh wait, it doesn't recharge. <laughs> yeah, okay, but again, I'm saying that's not the point. He gets two of, of breaches flash. The point of sky flash is that it gives you info. Now, if it sometimes gives well, only you info, because it currently does. Okay, but if it sometimes gives you info <laughs> and then sometimes doesn't give you info, I feel like that's a bad change. If it always gives you info or never gives you info, then I feel like that's fine. That's like saying the point of chamber teleport is to be able to go back and forth between two of them. No, that's not really the point of his teleport. Because it, that was the thing. Well, I was going to say that the point of jet the dash point, is to be able they to immediately able... pop it to get out of a bad situation. Yeah, and, that and now same you can. thing, right? right? They changed it because can't. it was too strong. They changed it. That's not the point of it. That is just a feature of how it was okay, pre-nerf. Like, and I understand what you're saying in terms of that's just a feature from pre-nerf, but like the point... Or I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is I don't like the fact that it, it sometimes gives info and then sometimes won't. It just right? gives different info. It's not as reliable info. No, but I'm saying, like, just take out the info entirely and then I'm fine. But I don't think it should ever give you some info in some situations. I feel like that's a really bad change. Yeah, I, I understand your your take on that. Like, I think it's it's mainly you know a personal feeling thing, and maybe I would feel differently, or maybe you would feel differently if that was actually in the game and we got used to it. Uh, I personally don't think it'd be that big of a deal, but I, I totally see how it'd be frustrating, and it could be. So I, I I guess we'll kind of agree to disagree on that one. But I hate the way the change the change they did. I think just making Sky, you know, awkward to always have to flash and only have two of them. I think it's lame and dumb. Okay, I think there are two things here. One, uh, Hunter accidentally came up with the kind of cool ability, um, which is a l- line-of-sight suppression mechanic Ooh. that you can dodge. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Thank you, yeah, the, I, was, I was thinking of that. Um, yeah, I thought I think that that would be a really cool, like, agent idea, is to have something like a... Um, like, say it's like a KO flash and you're able to throw it up or wherever you throw it into somewhere and you have if you it, like when it pops like a flash you get suppressed if you see it no matter how far away you are but you can also dodge it i feel like suppression was a mechanic that never should have been added into the game <laughs> Ooh. yeah there's maybe a reason why it hasn't been added to a different character at all in the future um but also this makes it like kind of more like deal withable if you're able to to um, to dodge it instead yeah, of just being yeah. within a volume of, of space, right? Maybe. Right. It, it makes it it makes the mechanic it, the mechanic itself is still kind of stupid and, and anti fun, um, yeah. but the uh, yeah. the actual ability it makes it worse. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. It's technically better in some ways. It's just different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my thoughts on that though, Chase, are that it would just be a pretty bad ability. Because the thing is, like, suppression having an AoE to it now um, is very significant because, like, a lot of times as a, as a defender, you're bunk- when you're bunkered down on site, you want to be you're triggering... You're not visible to anything. Well, yeah, yeah you, right, you, you're not visible to anything, and you want to be putting down smokes, being alive so your sentinel utility works, or waiting for your moment to pop out with a flash or something. So, like, you don't really need to be looking in that space uh, such that it would be a big deal to be suppressed by looking there. You can just, you know, chill. Um, 
I guess a lot of it depends on the specifics. Like if it's really fast or if it doesn't make a lot of noise such that you might end up peeking into it accidentally, like then that Mm -hmm. can be a lot stronger. Or I'm thinking of something that you could like pop flash with, right? Yeah, Yeah, okay. So so you you could like pop flash a jet who's out on an off angle. Yeah. And not Hmm. able to dash out of their, their angle at that point. But the only way that I see that even being remotely fair is it affects your team as well. The same way like a KO flash would. And what? fucking hell would that suck. Ooh, that would be cool, too. I like that. That would fucking suck. I feel like that would be easily the worst ability in the entire game. <laughs> the I don't think it'd be part. necessarily... Okay, no, I think it would be a very <laughs> bad ability in practice in which... Yeah. Like, but not in theory. I think it'd still be a very good <laughs> ability in theory. Because once you get to pro play levels, yeah. and people have these like these lineups for how you're going to throw your suppression nade... Again, I'm just imagining yeah. a KO flash, People are, but it's Yeah, the, that's the, exactly uh, what I was The outlaw yeah. is also the best weapon in the game, in theory. What? Yeah, I, I can say, when you, when you talk at the theoretical level, uh, you can say a lot of okay, stuff. Okay, but I just outright disagree with that. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's all about... theoretical level, the outlaw is not the best weapon in the game. Not even close. Well, I mean, on a theoretical level, I don't think this ability is either. But, like, since you're going to say it that way... <laughs> Or is the good ability, you know? But anyway, sorry to to, to, Uh, keep going with what you're saying. Okay, like, I just, like, okay. And again, as I iterated at the start of this, I feel like suppression's a mechanic that never should have been added to the game in the first place. Yeah. Um, And as Chase then went to point out, that's somewhat telling in that they have never released another agent with any form of suppression mechanic. Yeah, and I wonder, it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about this as potentially a design decision for them not to do that. However, and it probably is, but one thing that I see every so often on pro Valorant Twitter is that for like well over a year at this point, there has been a apparently fairly regularly occurring, at least, you know, for the perspective of uh, pros, bug with the KO knife where while it suppresses correctly in its AOE, it often doesn't tell you that it suppressed someone when it actually has. And pros are upset that Riot hasn't fixed this after all that, all, after all this time. So it could be part of it is that they're having some problems with their code in terms of getting that to work correctly. Maybe, but theoretically, mm-hmm. you could always have suppression that you don't get info off of as yeah, well. Yeah, you just get suppression but no info. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Going okay. Wait. There, there was a there was a second part of my point because that was an oh. aside. Oh. Okay. Oh. Um. Yeah, and the second part is completely lost to me now. We spent way too long on that aside. So now you go into your thing, and I'll, I'll try sky. to think of what I was talking right. about. Uh, okay, so back to the sky thing. Like, I've seen a bunch of pros complain about this, and I fully sympathize with what they're saying. Because the league is starting up very soon. And the sky change just got released. Like, they have two, maybe three weeks now. Like, I've seen Shet complaining about this a lot, just in, like, a fuck-me kind of mentality, mm-hmm. um, of, like, you had the entire fucking offseason. Like, well, why not just fucking knock Sky down a peg at the start of the offseason, and then if you felt like it was a little heavy-handed, bring her back up, or, oh, hey, we didn't nerf her enough somewhere maybe halfway through the offseason, you knock her down a little more. Um, like, I, I feel like the timing of this change is brutal for the pro scene yeah like yeah i was seeing those same things on twitter and reddit and my initial reaction was the same as yours which is oh it's too bad for the pros that sucks and then i thought about it more and i was like you know what that sympathy is largely coming from the fact that i hate the change (laughs) 
that, like, <laughs> I don't like what Riot cooked up, so of course they, sh- they shouldn't have, you know, made the pros adjust to this dog shit change before the season starts. But I think that, realistically speaking, you know, it makes sense for Riot to not be too reactionary. Because if they were to, you know, drop a change right after Champions concludes... There's no way they had time to, like, you know, review the VODs, really meet as a team, and, like, propose different solutions, especially for something that they might rework. Like, for example, the Yoru rework being one of the best examples of, like, a huge positive change. Like, there's no way they could drop a Yoru rework right after Champions. Um, And so, like, yes, it would have been nicer for the teams if this happened earlier, but they try to avoid these changes during the whole regular season. So I feel like it's just a little too limiting if we say Riot can't make changes except in, like, two months after the Champions ends. So I, I kind of yeah, don't really okay. worry about it I, I, Okay, I understand that argument. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's... Sky has been meta for so long. Like, there's no way that they didn't have any ideas or how they wanted to go about this halfway through the pro season last year. That's fair, right? but I... It's like, She's been this powerful for so long. Like, why wait until right before the season starts? I mean, that's fair, but something is going to happen right before the season starts. Okay, but it's not like the meta... The the timeline of Valorant is not only the timeline of pro-Valorant. Right? It's the timeline of everybody playing Valorant and, like, the episode and act structure Mm -hmm. as well. And so something is going to happen right before the pro season starts. Something is going to happen in the middle of the pro season. Like, there's... That's just something you gotta deal with. I, I guess, but why not drop this change at the start of Act Eight? Yeah, clearly they were eight. rushing it out the door. Like, why eight point one? Yeah. And also, it's maybe like, yeah. The other the other solution here is just tell pro teams what you have in in the works. And like, yes, is that going to cause leaks to come out? Absolutely, it is. But like, just tell pro teams that like, hey. We're thinking of knocking Sky down. And then, because, like, currently, on what the map pool is, Sky sees play on, what, five of those seven maps almost all the time? Yeah, like, I, mean, I feel like they're not going to have... They're not going to be able to tell teams ahead of time uh, because if they if they know that what they want to do with an agent, they're just going to do it. Because, like, it would be absolutely terrible if they told teams oh, hey, you know, we're thinking of doing, you know, roughly this to an agent. We're taking this agent's power level down a couple pegs. But then they end up, like, either changing their minds or what they do to the agent isn't that significant at all. And so then teams are like, well, shoot, we spent all this time, you know, prepping to not use Sky because she was going to get nerfed, and now she wasn't really nerfed. And there are a couple teams that kept using her because they just love Sky. And like, well, this sucks. So, so like, I, I don't feel like there's really any advanced time they can spend warning teams without, like, reducing their ability to make changes okay but i guess just in general you could put out this information earlier like there is no way prior to last week riot didn't know what they were doing with sky well i feel like it's possible that it is for the reason that you mentioned that it makes a lot of sense for these changes to drop with the episode so the fact that they didn't drop Mm -hmm. with the episode seems like Riot felt the need to, you know, push this out. And I, I wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that they released the Gecko changes uh, to buff him significantly. And I wonder if they were collecting data from ranked and also watching the off-season uh, tournaments and were are kind of pressing the panic button now because they thought those changes would be enough to really shift the meta to Gecko from Sky. 
And when they saw, you know, Sky's win rate still being really high and ranked and Sky still being picked in these tournaments, they're like, okay, well, this wasn't enough. We need to make another change before the competitive season starts. Like, I feel, I feel like that's somewhat realistic. Yeah, that's very possible. Sure. Um, also, these are software engineers we're talking about. Uh, they were given a deadline and then they were like, oh, um, yeah, about that. <laughs> um, the the other thing that I think is in play here, which is like, now, keep in mind, I have no fucking knowledge of anything to do with League. So this is all word of mouth stuff that I've heard. Okay, but Riot does apparently does this all the fucking time in League where they want people to play a given agent. And therefore, they buff that agent, or I guess in League it would yeah. be known as a champion. And some of them, um, they, then, they sell skins specifically for the characters as well. So there's a real financial incentive to that. Right, but like, but then those characters just don't see all too much play. For whatever reason. Right? People are set in their old ways, or people don't like the way that this agent or champion plays. And then they go out and they nerf their direct competitors to pseudo force this agent slash champion to be played. And I don't really like that. Like, if Gecko is good, I feel like that's kind of up to people to figure out that Gecko is now good and we should play Gecko. Yeah. I feel like it shouldn't be a, hey, we need to nerf the other potential options so that people are kind of forced to play Gecko for him to be, or like, to really enter. Oh, I I 100% agree. I could not agree more with that. And then, like, on a flip side, like, some agents or whatever, like, something's always going to be meta. That's just what it is. Regardless of how you buff and how effectively you balance and how close of you know, uh, like, an equitable status you reach. Like, something is always going to be meta. Yeah, there is something that's going to work better for this current time. Yeah. Yeah. And Well, I'm not saying it has to work better for this point in time. It's just going to be like, this is what people are going to... What they're doing, yeah. Yeah, what they're going to do. And then there's going to be a bit of a trickle-down effect, right? Like, if you look at other first-person shooters, right, where, like, um, it's, like, a big thing back in, like, old, like, Call of Duty games. I haven't played anything since, like, Black Ops 2, so don't get on my ass if it's changed since then. But, like, there'll just be guns that people will gravitate towards. Either because, you know, like certain pro players figure out that, oh, this gun's really good, and they start using that gun, and they start killing a bunch of people with it, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm getting deleted by this gun. Maybe I should try this gun. And then start using that gun, and it's just going to work its way down to, like, the lower ELOs and whatnot. And that's always going to be the case, regardless of how equal and fair you make all the guns across different scenarios. Like, people are just going to end up gravitating towards something no matter how equitable the playing field is. Yeah, and that brings me into something that I thought about a lot in the previous week that I wanted to bring up when it comes to the meta and what people gravitate towards. And that's that I think uh, Riot has been much more aggressive about trying to break up the meta since Chamber meta happened. Because that was, I think, the time at which uh, Valorant was most threatened by the idea of one character just dominating and making games 
relatively uninteresting because of how, you know, you just needed a good chamber player and it, they just were very samey. And I think they took some, some of the wrong lessons from that um, because, like you're saying, there's always going to be some agents that are standing out, whether because they're the best or because people are playing them. And I think the agents, you have to be very much aware of not overtuning. The ones you need to be careful about overtuning are the ones who use their abilities to get kills because it's so much more oppressive if you're a meta agent that's popping off in a game or even in a pro game when, when watching it versus an agent who has a lot of value to the team and is just picked over their contemporaries. Um, and so that's where I think they've messed up a bit with like, you know, tuning back some of the other agents. Like uh, I think KJ has been hit pretty hard and uh, you know, sky here as well. And I'm sure there's some others that I'm forgetting that like, I don't think it's as big of a deal for sky to be the dominant initiator as it was for, you know, chamber to be the dominant, you know, get kills person. He's not really a sentinel. Um, and so I agree that sky needed some nerfs. She was too strong, but I, I think this is too much. And they're, you know, doing too much to do what you're saying, Cass, of, like, forcing the meta to change when it doesn't re really have to as much as they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, the, I, there's always a little bit of a give and take in my head about, like, uh, games changing. Um, because it seems like, you know, mo modern games have the ability to push updates. Right? Big and a lot of a lot of old games... Such as yeah. uh, such as melee did not have the ability to push updates, and so the way that it launched is the way that it is today. Oh well, know? there's NTSC in pal. Sure, there 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 are slight, no, you slight your changes. point is valid. Yeah, um, but the basically the way the way that it that it is is the way way that it's always been and people have like adapted to that to that current meta and there of course there is a meta and then it's cool when somebody breaks out of that and is able to do something different and new in a system that has never changed right so there's benefits to that and then of course there's benefits with all these new systems of like oh you know it's ever adapting and you're not going to get bored with anything because um it's it's easy to come up with something new when new things are being added um so i, I mean i don't know which one is better but it, there's always like a, a a give and take in my head when I when I'm thinking about a change to Valorant where I'm like ooh like you know what should should they just never change anything like that doesn't seem right but then like you know is it too fast either I I don't know I I, I think there's a difference in terms of like a game like Melee every character in that lineup was released right at the start right and so that's True. just what the game is right if Valorant came out and only the initial agents in the game the only ones that were still there, right? Like, yeah. they didn't add any agents, they didn't make any gun changes or whatever. I feel like that would be one thing, because that's just how the game is. But... Oh, God, when you're in a scenario, so <laughs> What's that? Oh, just thinking about Launch Viper. Oof, that'd be rough if that's all you could ever play. I still think Launch Viper would get a bit of play. But... I don't um, know how many times I've had to tell you they needed to change yeah, yeah. a couple things first before they were really <laughs> okay. <lost. laughs> right. But, but my, my, my point still stands of, like, that's just what the game is, if that's how it worked. But, like, as soon as you start adding new characters and stuff, if you then couldn't change anything after the fact, like, launch chamber. Fucking absurd. Launch jet was what well, jet was in the game to begin with. And that, like, yeah, that just might be would be the did, strongest right? agent in the game if she were around today. Even with launch other jet. agents being at their peak, yeah. 
All agents being at their peak, like Cass has said, that he would love to see at some point for like yeah. Fool's Day. Lunch Jet would reign supreme. Beta Rays? Uh, I was I was saying, you know, for, I was thinking from launch, yeah, Beta Rays would be yeah, yeah. even supremer if, if we were um, allowed to include that. But then... Also, I, I'd be interested to see Launch Jet versus Launch Chamber. Uh, jet, 100%, 100%. Well, you would just have both on your team. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, one okay. very quick aside here is that it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see if Sage would be picked a lot if she was at her peak. Because at her peak, she was incredibly strong. You know, she had the full self-heal. She had the much quicker. She had her wall had more health. Her slow orbs were, you know, much bigger in the area they covered. Her ult had less points. But, you know, the, you know, healing agents in general... Well, I mean, she's not necessarily just a healing agent. But, like, the idea of healing has gone from being seen as much more important to much less important. So I'm wondering how much she would be in comps today if she was at her peak in this scenario where they're all strong agents. I think you'd still see some Sage. Just in terms of insta-fortifying wall. And you can get a Reyna heal. Right. You can be a, a battle sage was, you know, much more yeah. viable when sage came out. Well, when right. the game came out. And so it's like, for pro play, it's like arguably just a better Reyna. Like, if you get yeah, your one and you heal back to full, like, that's that's all you really can ask for. That's, that's, fair. Um, that's fair. And so I feel like from a pro perspective, like, yeah, sage would definitely see more play. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Because um, it's not like Reyna sees pro play, so... Yeah, so I did remember really what I was trying to yet. say. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, I remembered what I was trying to say earlier, <laughs> okay, good, good. which is uh, about the whole like sky changes. Like, it wasn't that long ago that sky got buffed. Like, why the fuck th- didn't they just make her birds destructible again? Well, like, I, I, yeah, I kind of get that. I also do. Like, more often than not. Sky's birds being destructible was a random chance occurrence. Yeah, it, it was very no. difficult to shoot them as they were coming around like a corner. And if you're like deep on site and it's like a deep, you know, a you know, really long info flash, like at that point, you kind of have the same effect of, you know, being flashed just by you revealing your location, um, depending on the situation, obviously. And it, it was just very difficult to consistently do. And could feel bad when it got shot. So I, I well, sure. But yeah. if they wanted the part of it to like nerf Sky in a minor way, like making her flashes destructible again would do that. I don't think you know. It's maybe not as the sole. Yeah. Maybe not as a sole nerf. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't necessarily understand like buffing a character and then nerfing a character in a separate way. I mean, I get it in terms of they didn't like the interaction of it being breakable, which I think is is fair. Its breakability was awkward and, like, inconsistent from both sides of the equation, which I feel like is what they're trying to remove, and I'm totally fine with that. Like, they're trying to remove inconsistencies. Now, yeah, but you can, you can break a gecko flash. Yeah, but I feel like Gecko's flash is a bit different because of the wind-up time. Like, Gecko can't elect to pop his flash early. Like, that's just... 
I don't know. I feel like there's a difference. Sure, but there. but saying yeah. that they don't like the interaction of breaking a flash doesn't make any sense because you can break a flash for a different character. Well, yeah, also, also Chase, I, too, but I, like I had the, I had this in my head and I want to confirm it. You're right. You're you're thinking that the flash change to make them the birds indestructible is recent is a little off. That took place on October fourth, twenty twenty two. Yeah. So so recent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to get that factoid out there. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's... I still I look like and shoot different. sky flashes sometimes. <laughs> and I, def, I I do it less often now, but I definitely see it in games still where people like shoot sky flashes. Mm, I don't see and that. I'm, not, I'm not, to, not guilty of it. Yeah, to, to reiterate from when the change happened, me and Cash has never shot them anyway, so we don't have that muscle mm-hmm. memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, every once in a while, I try to turn a gecko flash. Oh, oh, I, 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 do, I do that sometimes, yeah. too, yeah. I, I'm getting a lot better at it. Well, actually, I think it's fairer to say that I now don't get to react in time. <laughs> mm. uh-huh. It's just <laughs> yeah, training decision. you to be like, it doesn't matter what you do, so don't <laughs> yeah, turn away. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, I don't have the time anymore to decide, oh, Gecko Flash, turn the flash. Now it's just, ah, oh, fuck, I'm good. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I... And, like, clearly they don't have a problem with, quote-unquote, breakable flashes in terms of rain of flash has always been in the game. Yeah. I, I just feel like with Sky in particular, it was very finicky in terms of, like, oh, I'm trying to pop flash around this corner, but someone was, like, just kind of pre-firing at the corner and destroyed my bird and, like, yo, what the fuck? That's, like, that's dumb. And then from the other side of it, it's like, oh, well, like, I totally shot that bird, but Sky, like, popped it, like, a millisecond early, and now I didn't break the bird, and now I'm just fucking flashed. Um, I feel like because Sky has control over when the bird goes off uh, versus Gecko, who does not, I feel like it's uh, it's just a different scenario in terms of, like, when there was a gecko flash on your screen, you are aware of exactly how long you have to try and shoot this flash down. Whereas, that's just not the case with Sky. And the gecko flash also really is, it moves so much slower than a bird normally does. So it's, mu- it's much yeah. more realistic to shoot, even if, you, even if you didn't know when it was popping. So yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying in terms of the buffing an agent just to bring him down, but like again, that was a while ago, and Sky was not seeing play back then. I mean, I, Sky was kind of seeing play. Sky has been seeing a lot of play for a long time. Like I don't, I don't know when you want to go back to, but there's an episode, definitely I think before that nerf or b- buff or whatever, yeah, um, where we were talking about how broken Sky was. Yeah, I, I do. I do think that when the the change happened, we said, "Oh, why does Sky need a buff?" Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I feel like that was prior to. I don't know. I think that was before Swamp Comp. Probably. And I feel like well, Harbor wasn't or, out yet then, so definitely yes. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that was definitely before Swamp Comp, and definitely before the rise of like double controller being kind of meta. And I feel like that's a huge reason as to why Sky has been seeing as much play as she has. Um, and yeah, like, on the flip side, though, I do think this Sky nerf is going to cause you to see a lot more Gecko and a lot more Yorick. Ooh, second one there being a little spicy. I like it. But 
I was thinking a lot more Sova, maybe. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, like, like, I I don't think, like, yeah, I I agree with that. Like, now that you can't get good, reliable info off of of Sky as consistently, like, bind, be long, the strat was always just Sky Flash Fountains at the start of every round. It got, that got to be such a staple in every program that Fnatic started dropping a brimstone smoke on Fountain every round to hide in, to dodge that flash. That's cool. Cool mm-hmm. tech for sure. Like, to deny info. Like, that was, like, that's how standard that was. Just right off the rip, you fucking throw a sky flash out there. Yeah, because um, it's going to recharge pretty quickly and you're going to have another one later in the round anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, if they do, if we do get that info and they push up onto our site, I still have a flash to work with, and if they're not here, by the time it comes down to them hitting a site, I'll probably have that flashback. Um, whereas, obviously, that's just not a thing anymore. Like, like I, I think this is definitely going to affect, like, the slow play ability of Sky, uh, in terms of, like, gathering info. Like, she just has much fewer utility options. Or, like, not options, but, like, m- less utility yeah. Well, I I think it's going to cause you to not be able to do exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, you can't use it at, to to get info. You have to be much yeah. more selective with your flashes, right? Right, and so then it's going to be, hey, do we drop our secondary smoker? Being in a lot of the cases, I think that might be Viper. It's do we drop the Viper to now add a Sova to our team com, or do we take a Gecko who can't do pre-nerf Sky's role as well, but he still kind of can do that a bit. Yeah, you, you get you get some info, it's a flash. Yeah. It's just it's worse. It's not as good as Yeah, yeah and, and Wingman has the utility of planting, but isn't as good at clearing close angles as the dog, obviously. Yeah, and I feel like that's the big thing that like Sky still has going for her, is yeah, dog. dog slash yeah, drone dog. is yeah. still fucking insane. Um, and that's kind of always been the thing that's kept Sova afloat, too, I, I think. It's just, like, the dog and the drone are so fucking good, mm-hmm. and you could argue that Gecko can kind of sort of do that with Wingman. It's but not the same. it's a lot more, it's, it's not the same, yeah. Um, but alright. Anybody have any other comments about Sky, or shall we? Nope. I'm happy to move on. Alright. Um, on ISO here. Yeah, because ISO has also been tuned up a bit. Yeah, so I'm going to run th- run through all these changes at once because they're basically just number stuff. Um, so double tap, his ability that you activate with E to then uh, generate orbs on killing enemies that turn into shield. So first of all, the um, shootable orb duration has been increased from two to three seconds. So you have more time to shoot the orb to gain the shield. Um, the initial buff and shield duration increased 15 to 20 seconds. So the initial time you have to get the kill and then the amount of time that you have with the shield has been increased significantly by 25% for each of those. Um, That's significant. Yeah, yeah. And then the shield width has been reduced uh, 120 to 100 uh, units, uh, which means that uh, stray bullets that aren't wouldn't have hit your body are going to less often break your shield. Particularly relevant as we were talking about before, Pod, when you're coming around a corner and someone is you know pre-firing, wall banging, it's going to be less often that you're going to immediately lose your shield before you get into the combat. 
And then the final change is the least significant, the contingency, the wall that goes forward, cost reduced 250 to 200. Yeah, I think I think the buffs are fine. Um, I think ISO already always has his fucking shield up, so the like length of time, I don't. Like, I, I guess I haven't played much, if any, ISO at all, so I don't know if it fe- feels like time pressure is on you. <laughs> when have you played ISO ever? I, I said what well, he said against. Yeah. All right, oh, I, thought oh, no, I, thought, I thought you meant playing as in you playing yourself. That's why I was confused. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, I kind of meant all around. I just haven't seen, played, yeah. been with, Fair enough. fucked, licked, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> any ISOs. Cannibalized, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, it seems like he has a shield all the fucking time. I don't know, I feel like... So I, I don't know like if it feels like reason. there's a time pressure while you're playing, and, and they're, like, like, trying to get rid of that time pressure more, but, it, like, why? Yeah, okay, well, I feel like that's that's... Part of the whole thing here is like, oftentimes the ISO is going to push the issue because he has the shield and because he's on a more limited timer, right? It's like, it's like pre versus post nerf jet. When you always had your dash active, you didn't need to be proactive about it because you could use it whenever you wanted. Right, right. But now, once you make the decision to pop that or to prime that dash, like, you're on a timer, and you'd like to get value out of it. Sure, some of the times you, like, you hear a bunch of people stomping up B-Main, you fucking prime your dash, getting ready to take a duel and get out of there, and then just, like, nobody ever rounds that corner. And, like, yeah, it's gonna happen. Um, but, like, I, I feel like increasing the, like, one of the reasons why you always see ISOs with shields is because they get that shield, and then they're like, oh, I need to go press the issue. Because I have the shield now. Whereas, the longer amount of time you give ISO with that shield, the less they're going to feel pressured to make use of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Hey, yeah, you're if saying, like, to- if you're not the one that got into that initial engagement with the ISO, then most times that you see him, he will have a shield because you're only seeing him because he's pushing with the shield. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, now it's more of a, like, okay, just, like, I, what was the number before and what is it right now, Hunter? Uh, 15, 15 to 20? 20 seconds, yeah. Okay. So I, I'm not sure how much of the exact numbers make a difference, but, like, let's say now it's at 20. It's like, a, hey, I got, I got a kill as we're pushing on to site and, like, we got spiked down, right? Like, so I got that kill, let's say it takes, you know, another five seconds, or, like, another eight to ten seconds for you guys to gain sight, get spiked down, and it's like, now I have, you know, somewhere between seven and five seconds left of this shield that I want to make use of. Whereas, if you have that extra five seconds to work with, it's like, maybe I don't need to push right now and take advantage of this, because maybe somebody's going to try to retake in that amount of time, and I can take a duel on somebody pushing through a smoke or whatever, or just trying to get back onto site uh, with this shield up. But I think beforehand, at the 15 seconds, that's more unlikely, and therefore, you're going to press the issue. ISOs might still press the issue anyway with the increased time, but I feel like it now gives you the ability to be more methodical about it, whereas like with a Phoenix alt, it's really hard to be methodical about clearing everything. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Because you're on that time crunch. 
And I feel like giving ISO more of a window to work with is very reasonable. And I think there is a slight chance that you might actually encounter fewer circumstances in which ISO has his shield up because he's not as incentivized to run it down. Um, I was curious, so I looked it up. I was, I was curious um, how long overheal on Reyna lasts. Um, and the answer is 30 seconds. So knowing that, I'm less concerned with the 15 to 20 buff for ISO. Because um, if you kind of think of it as a similar thing, you know, you get a kill, you got the overheal as Reyna. It lasts a fucking long time, that overheal. And you like don't Reyna's really have to never, think about it. Yeah, Reynos are never worried about not... Or about, about their overheal running overheal. out. Yeah. Yeah. And even when overheal does run out, you stay at 100 HP. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, it's not like you go back to the 15 HP you were before. No, overheal is your shields. Yeah. So... And I don't know how long Reyna ult lasts if you don't get a kill. Like, I'd be curious if, like, say you're just getting fucking wrecked by an enemy Reyna. Mm-hmm. And off barrier drop, you hear them pop their ult. Can you realistically just run away and not... 30, 30, 30 seconds. Up right now. It's is it 30, 30 seconds? seconds? Yeah. Because that's a lot of time to just not do anything. It is. 20 seconds? I, I feel like that's... Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, 15 seconds of avoiding ISO is not the worst thing in the world. 15 seconds is a long time, time in a game. Around. It is. But it's not unreasonable. No. 20 seconds is getting into unreasonable range to avoid an engagement with someone. Yeah, if they're trying to force the issue. Yeah. Wait, okay, I was looking at the wiki. I, I didn't, I did not realize this, but this is kind of interesting. Um, with her ult, you get plus 15% fire rate, but plus 25% recovery speed. So the buff to your recovery is greater than the buff to your increase in fire rate. Which is, I had not really realized that before, and that's kind of interesting. But your gun resets faster? Is that what it's saying? Yeah, it's saying your gun is recessed, resetting even faster than the increase, than what you would need to compensate for the increase in fire rate. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Neither did I. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, whereas with Brim's Stim Beacon, it's actually the opposite. It's plus 15% fire rate, so the same fire rate boost, but plus 10% recovery speed rather than 25. So that that's means... probably why I hate Brim's Stim Beacon. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was going to say. Mm, we finally yeah. liked it. So Cass, yeah. Cass is probably going to like Reyna ult a lot more than Stim Beacon because you get you know a great recovery boost. That makes cap firing and Reyna ult like, really good. Oh, de- oh, definitely, and that that's part of why it feels good. I just had never really been able to place it. Like I'd never, or, or like short yeah. burst firing, more like yeah, less, yeah, less like so tap, but like but like three two three four. shots. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's because, yeah, like yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, and like in general, I am more of a like I feel like I have a tendency more than either of you two to spray and just like commit to engagements. I feel like there's um, no way you do that more than me. I feel like I have the biggest spray. Okay, maybe. Maybe there's I have a hundred percent chance you do that more than me. Yeah, I a hundred percent do it more than Chase does. But uh also we're in a position where um Hunter's often dead <laughs> when it when I'm dead. Um mm-hmm. so I don't get to spectate Hunter as much. And spectating just based on the agents that Chase and Hunter plays, it's often more beneficial for the team when I'm spectating Chase and calming 
things that happen on Chase's screen more so than things that happen on Hunter's screen to the rest of the team. True. Um, so I feel like I often spend more time spectating Chase than I I'm do I'm just Hunter. a more interesting person to watch, really. Like, he wants to see who's getting all the kills. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see those sick Molly lineups. <laughs> I gotta say, I have been in, like, a bunch of the games that I've played with Chase, like, recently. I have seen Chase towards the top of the scoreboard. I mean, I've top fragged for the last, like, four or five games. Yeah. And for at least the majority of the game. But that that's just because I'm I'm kind of on a hot streak at the moment and I don't expect that to last very long. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have also noticed with the uh with the decline of KJ and more into the rise of Cypher, um arguably too much respect on my setups. Because you don't get to use them. Is why I don't you're get saying to use them, yeah. Like, I see people, like, I, I hear a lot of stomping up B-Main, and they hear my camera, and they leave. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're too, it's so effective. Like, I Cypher's know, but so it's good. Cass is experiencing what KJ Mains have experienced since KJ Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Exactly, oh, KJ's here, go to the other site, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now now it's Cypher. so many fucking, like, uh, it was because, uh, there, there was one day where I played a bunch of solo queue games to get my ass into plat. Um, after the rank reset. And I had a statistically very poor game. However, I don't think that I didn't contribute to the team's wins. Like, yep. I, I think I went 5-8 and eight and then 5-10 and ten on Cypher in two back-to-back games. Yeah, but people weren't pushing your site ever because they would see that you're there and be like, fuck no, we're going the other place. Yeah, yeah it's like exactly. retaking is just not often. Yeah, and then good. I'm retaking a lot. Yeah. Um, or just teams were just like, ah, we're not going either A or B. We're going mid. And I can't think of any maps that Cypher actually has, like, a stranglehold on mid outside of just passive info. Like, Cypher can trip up mid on most... I think it's just less important, because if you have Cypher tripping up the main entrance to a site, it's easier for you to dedicate other agents to holding mid stronger. Yeah. Like, I I just, like, yeah, like, Cypher, like, if we just take Ascent, for example, right? Cypher can trip up tree, and he can trip up, like, closer towards arches. Um, You can do that. But it's a more of an info thing. It's not great for getting picks and keeping people... You can't keep people out of mid. They can get into mid, they just can't necessarily advance past mid without us knowing about it. And that's great for dealing with works. It's not good for stopping an exec. Like, if an enemy team is going to exec through mid, they're getting through whatever setup I could possibly have in there. It is. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. There was one game on Ascent where the enemy team just constantly went mid every round. And my team was, you know, just trading blows with them in mid. And I'm just like, hey guys, I know they're not fucking A or tree. So, it's gonna be a B lean here. But... I have no control or sight on market or B main and they're not coming to me. And now I'm getting frustrated. 
Or like, mm-hmm. oh, I hear them A. Uh, okay, they're pushing up. I gotta pop my cage to keep them... Or like, I, jet entered. Now it's time for me to pop my cage uh, to keep everybody else from entering. And then they'll often just leave the jet there to die. And everybody just runs away to B. Yeah, it's just more effective when they're coming through a main cho- choke point on the site. Yeah. Right? And, and more cool. likely that they're going to be doing a multiple person push in that area instead of one person lurking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, it's getting to be a bit frustrating and that people are like, as soon as there's any side of Cypher Utility, it's like, nope, I'm out of here. And um, I don't get to then benefit off that, even if it, like, yes, does it benefit the rest of the team? Absolutely. Yeah, you're still a Jetman at heart, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, still, I still want some action occasionally. Like, back when I played Jet, there were very few rounds ever that I did not fire my gun. Yeah, that happens as a Sentinel. It happens as a controller. Yeah, like, occasionally yep. as, like, an op, I might not fire my gun in a given round. Um, but, yeah, it's just there's so many rounds where I don't do anything. And then the round is decided before I can have an impact. Yeah. Definitely. Like they ran over my two teammates. B. Yeah, now it's a three v five retake, and yeah, you this don't have any util to do it. Yeah. yeah, you can of course clutch up in certain situations, but it, the odds are you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a side tangent, but mm-hmm. yeah, back it, to it's, ISO. it's interesting because you're like, ah, I'm feeling bad, but I'm doing well. You, you take those. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I've been winning the games. It's just like. My stats aren't great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, but going back to ISO, do you guys see this affecting ISO's pick rate in any way, shape, or form, or do you see the Moradiers just, like, quality of life bucks, buffs to make ISO better for the people who are playing ISO? Quality of life, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. see any, I don't see his uh, pick rate increasing significantly because of this directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's think... not like they touched up any of his yeah. competitors. Yeah. Or sorry, it's not like they knocked down any of his competitors. Um, and I, I also think that I think that probably the biggest change here in terms of quality of life is the shootable orb going from two to three seconds. Um because yes, I think the the duration of the shield is nice, but it often was up and you also could, you know, pop another one as needed. So like that's definitely a, a benefit. But I think that, you know, there are plenty of times where you want to get a kill and then move and reset. And with that two-second timing, that was pretty tight to where if you had to, like, dodge, you know, some sort of utility coming in, it could be pretty difficult to get that shot off on the orb to claim your shield. So I, I think the, you know, going to three seconds will help that a lot and will help people get their shields up. But, yeah, I, I still think I haven't changed my opinions on him that a uh, bit of a gimmick agent and very fun to play, but not very good. I, I do think that extra time will enable you to hold for a reswing. That too, yes, yes. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like you can hold this complimentary angle for, like, an extra split second. For like, an extra Literally second. for an extra second. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and then still get your arm. It's just like, oh, like, if I'm gonna get swung here, like, say somebody swings elbow on split, right? Like, you're standing A main where orb is. Somebody swings elbow, you get that kill. Um, it's like now you can hold screens slash CT for an extra second in case somebody's going to like swing to get that trade before you have to commit to getting your orb or not. The other thing I don't know about ISO, is it possible 
to kill someone and then their orb not spawn in your line of sight. That's wild, because I was literally just thinking that same thing. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Because I'm thinking, like, what if I kill somebody who's, like, jiggling me, like, elbow, and the orb pops in elbow, but I'm standing by orb? My guess yeah, is that like, it always don't have spawns time to, in like... the line of sight of you when you got the kill, but I'm not confident yeah. that at all. That it's purely... I would, I would think... It to do that. I would I'm think leaning that the other way. I'm leaning you could just be fucked, but I've not actually played any ISO, really, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I have no idea. I haven't played, I've played, like, I think one comp game as ISO, so I can't really tell you. Just thinking it'd be awkward if, like, I don't know, let's take B-Site, right? You're pushing up to B-Site, somebody's playing on site, you get the kill, and then the orb, like, spawns behind those, like, dice, or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like, just, you can't hit it. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I mean, now with the three second time difference, or like the two to three seconds, maybe you can push out to get line of sight on it and shoot it before it expires. I, I'm just thinking of situations you were just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, why, why, why is it random in where the fucking thing spawns? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is going to do too much, but just be some quality of life stuff for ISO. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then two super minor things from the patch that I'll just... Well, I guess three. One, raise blast packs when she's in the air. You'll hear her more loudly. We'll have to see how much that changes things. Um, two, we talked about... I feel like they've week. done that already. Yeah, like That was definitely like three times already. Yeah, yeah. It makes it more like audio clarity for rays flying through the air. It's happened so many times. <laughs> yep. And then one thing... So, like, it doesn't... I, I feel like the audio clarity is not a huge fucking deal. I'm still dead. Yeah, most of the yeah. time. Yeah, but yeah, sorry, as you were. <laughs> you know that that's that's fine. It, 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 the next thing I was going to say is that we talked at length last podcast about halls on Breeze that is now officially open for business. So, uh, if if any of you were just like you know chomping at the bit to walk down halls again, I guess now you can. Good for you. <laughs> and then maybe the one of the coolest like subtle changes of the patch Cass and I were experimenting with before our comp game earlier is that if you have the bots in the range on practice mode, or if you're doing the spike plant and defuse scenarios, now both Reyna soul orbs and even more significantly ISO uh, shield orbs will spawn from killing the bots. So you can now do aim labs in Valorant um, by just putting the bots on practice and shooting them and then shooting the orbs. It feels really good. It, yeah, a little awkward. bit less so than if they were randomly spawning. Like the eliminate fifty with shield orbs would be a lot better training. Yeah, that's yeah. what I that's what I would want. Or just the like you put it on like easy mode bots, mm-hmm. and then like you shoot the bot and then you flick to the orb. I feel like that'd be really good training too. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I, I I don't know because I can't test it out. But like hard mode bots, there's no way you have enough time. No, maybe yeah. tens does. Only but like, the top one percent, if that could. Be. Yeah, like I feel like there's no way you have the fucking reaction time, or there's enough time to like flick, get the kill, flick, get the orb, and then flick again to find the next bot. Medium, maybe, maybe on medium you could shoot the bot, flick to the orb, and then get ready to go to the next bot. Yeah, but like for mere mortals on like the easy mode bots, I feel like it's a that's doable for sure. It'd be really nice to be able to okay, flick to the bot, correct shoot, flick to the orb, and, like, just treat 
the going to the orb is a pure flick, and like either you get it or you don't, and then resetting back to middle, and then going again with the next bot. Um, and yeah. for people with more normal reaction times, I think that's very reasonable. But maybe coming soon. Well, well oh, can't soon. do that. Yeah, you still can't. But do a, that. A, a nice change that the bots spawn orbs. Um, the first thing I did was I went in with Reyna and uh, learned how to dismiss um, <laughs> and, and heal. Uh, one of the oh, most man. embarrassing questions that I've that I've had for a long time with uh, ever playing Reyna is: Do I have to hold? E and Q the entire time, which now I have learned, no, you do not. You can just tap, and it just does it. Um, oh, man, so I that... know who we're putting you on next agent challenge. <laughs> like, well, I had no idea. I, de- I definitely thought you had to hold E or Q to dismiss uh. or or heal. Um, and that, nice that now uh, I can go into the range and learn that, no, you do not. You can just tap <laughs> it, and then it does it. Just so know you yeah. can get out of range and dismiss early? Yes, by tapping <laughs> Q again. E. Or whatever. E, e again. Yeah. <laughs> Close. 50%. Yeah. yeah. Thumb button one versus thumb button two, if we're being realistic here. Page up yeah, versus no. page down, if we're being realistic. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that's comms and inspect. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck are your abilities? On my keyboard. What? You still use your abilities on your keyboard? I actually didn't know this either. I haven't really remapped any of my abilities. Really? What? Yeah. Oh my god. That is mental. It actually I is. don't play quick cast agents. I, I guess that's true. Stim Beacon, though. Stim Beacon is... Yeah, I can tap C pretty easily, and it's not in like a... Like, I, I, I don't need that, that on a fucking fight. thumb button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah just that, that's wild. If yeah. I had a movement ability, it would be on my mouse for sure. Dude, um, you put some put those like on your mouse for neon, and all of a sudden you'll be a top, you know, two percent neon player. Yeah, yeah, yo, sorry, um, you play, yeah, you play neon occasionally on your fucking keyboard. Yeah, just because I can't be bothered to set up an agent profile, I, I don't play her enough. Yeah, throwing the concusses by pressing Q is insane. <laughs> no, that that's the problem. I don't have. <laughs> Why? Because you just don't throw them. I mean, like it's fine. Like I can I can press Q pretty easily. But you're often like running and, and out, needing like, to move. Getting in and out of E. Is yeah, that would that would be it. Yeah, I, I'd put E on my mouse if if I actually had a profile Did, set up. Didn't you have to play Jet like two or three times during the Agent Challenge? Um, once. Wasn't that pre-nerf Jet too? Yeah, I remapped for that game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Inspect was off, and and uh, and Dash was on. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, like that's the reason why I have the mouse that I do because like it is the perfect balance where to get any more buttons on it you you get like ten more buttons and you have a full on MOBA mouse and there are like no other like FPS mouses that have this many buttons where I can have all of my abilities and inspect weapon and reload all on my mouse. I would. But, I mean, if I remapped my DPI shifters, then I could definitely do that. Yeah, I was thinking, so, which um, I have done. Yeah, yeah. no, Hunter. Mm-hmm. The G502, the mouse that I used to play with. Admittedly, it's a fucking brick, but you play with like a two ton brick, so it won't make a difference. But yeah. it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight potential things you could use. And it's not a MOBA mouse. I mean, mine, mine has eight potential things. Well, well. It, eight is, is just including the left and right on the. Uh... Scroll wheel. Uh, scroll wheel. Right. Yeah. I, I, I have I have seven not in. Well, no, I have eight not including left and right on the scroll wheel. Scroll wheel. It's just oh. 
down on the scroll wheel. Yeah. Yes. Down. So it's like, or, beneath, like well, beneath, beneath the scroll, scroll wheel, wheel is where my DPI shifter is. But well, also, you, you just press, press the, the scroll, scroll wheel, wheel in straight down. There's no left. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, okay. Because I, I use that to ping sometimes. I use that to ping too. That's my ping. Oh, so you're, the G502 can do down, left, or right on the scroll wheel? Yes. Can, oh, interesting. Okay. Well, the left and right on the scroll wheel is like the feature that I really wish was included with the super light. Because, yeah, because he, he wants that to navigate tabs, right? Yeah, I use that to... I set macros so I can navigate my tabs in Chrome with it. He needs those like, because he has 50 dude, million is, Chrome tabs yeah. open at any given point. But it is such an underrated feature. It is yeah, so good. I haven't good. seen other mouses that have that. Mice that yeah. have that. Um, like, but also, you could all, you could use up and down on the scroll wheel themselves to do different things. Yeah, when you combine Cass's tabs with the fact that he doesn't turn off his computer, his uh, RAM is holding data just for, for the same amount of time as his like normal storage is. <laughs> it's just it's just sitting in there for months on end. Yeah, but I got a lot of fucking RAM. <laughs> right, I get right. to do that. Oh yeah, I'm not saying there's any problem with it besides the energy. Shit. Yeah, like I'm taking Russia's or like solution to war with my computer. The units individually are shit. But fuck, do I have a lot of them? Yep. Um. But yeah, okay. So, anybody got any other patch changes, the stuff that they want to talk about? I think no. that's everything. Okay. I want to move into first bloods here. Now, I'm sure that that's a stat that I look at more than either of you two. I also look at first deaths. Unfortunately, I need Tracker to do that. I really wish Valorant would just show it to you, but like. I'm quite, especially when I'm playing Jet, I'm quite proud of the fact that I have a better first blood to first death ratio. Yeah. And generally, I think most people will agree that, like, that's a very good thing. What I kind of want to get into here is how important it actually is and what ends up happening after you get the first blood. Because I feel like there are a lot of times... When you can get a first blood and still your team ends up very realistically losing the round. Yeah. And I, I will fully agree with that and say that that is something both sides of the coin of it being overrated as a metric and also having good first. Well, ba well basically um, having poor first bloods, but doing well in the game and having high first bloods, but you know, not helping your team is something that's especially true on Yoru to the point where I don't really look at it that much. Because on the one hand, if I'm playing very closely with my team, oftentimes I will be TPing in as my team is entering the site. And thus, often someone else will actually be taking first contact for around, you know, half a second or so while I'm re-equipping my weapon and getting into the fight. So someone else will have the chance for that first kill. And conversely, if I'm just like, you know, fuck it, we ball. I'm just going in before my team is ready. I can teleport into site get a first blood and then be traded out with my team not gaining any space off of that. So I, when I was playing Jet, I actually thought it was much more interesting to look at it and more useful. But as Yoru, it really is just cool if I'm getting a lot of first kills, but I don't think it says a lot about my effectiveness as a, as a duelist. The only time I ever look at first bloods is when I'm comparing myself to see if I can talk shit to Cass. <laughs> which which you, you played for the smoked. last game I just pulled it up Chase was 4 and 1 Cass was 5 and 2 so you were slightly better than Cass last game <laughs> it's ratio wise mm, interesting I thought I looked at the scoreboard and he had 7 first bloods and I had 5 but maybe I, 
I'm seven first bloods that. from what? That's so I, I'm playing cipher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe somebody else had seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Um, yeah, it's obviously like I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing for cipher because like when I'm playing cipher, obviously my first bloods is not as relevant. It's more just I don't want any first deaths. Right. And occasionally that'll happen when, you know, maybe your duelists are being stubborn and or they're just... Like, I don't know, there, there are times when, like, it's like your duelists are doing the right thing in terms of, like, they're pushing... Again, I'm just thinking of Ascent here. But, like, they're pushing down Cat to take Tree and, like, they're taking space and, like, they're doing their job. And it's just like, ah, fuck, somebody's gotta enter a main proper. And then I'll be like, fuck it, I'm gonna cage out and run out on one of the sides of my cage. Uh, and it's like, it, you know what, if I get first blooded there, like, on it, or if I get first death there on attack, like, so be it. It's gonna happen occasionally. Like, it'd be nice for it not to happen, but it's like, on defense, it's like, I never want to be first blood, or like, first death. Um, cause then I'm almost assuredly playing my role wrong. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, Chase, by nature, you playing Smokes, you're occasionally going to get First Bloods and First Deaths just when we're defaulting. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's how I get the First Bloods is uh, we're just defaulting or or we're, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm holding something on defense and somebody pushes, like, I'll smoke off one angle and hold the other. And if they yeah. push that, hopefully I get the kill. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's less, it's definitely less relevant as an individual stat for you, but I'm kind of thinking as, like, what I really want to get into is, like, as a team stat. Like, as a team stat, when your team is getting first plots, right? It's, like, I feel like pro It matters. Are, it clearly, yeah. like, statistically, it, it clearly matters. Like, of course, you can end up losing the 4v5 round. Um, but being in a 4v5, if you're playing it correctly, and that's the big if... Um, you have a much better chance of winning the round because you are up an entire player. So if you have the first blood, you're not immediately traded, then you're going to be in a good scenario to win the round. I, I don't think that I'm saying anything crazy here. Uh, I don't know. You might have to get canceled for that take. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm kind of just confused at where Cass is going with this because is he trying to say that having first bloods is not very impactful? Um... Because, of course it is. Now, who, who gets those first bloods doesn't really matter. You're in a 4v5 immediately, as long as they don't over-push or overextend after that or immediately get traded. Yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm kind of trying to get at is, like, how can you better capitalize off that? Play so together like and play something... as you were playing if somebody had a, was a man down on site, right? Well, like, there I is mean, immediately the somewhere on the map that's open. Okay, from a theoretical perspective, yeah, no shit, but... Like between the between the choice making of hey, we got like we're defaulting, right? We got a first block. Somebody overpeaked mid and died. Or somebody on their team overpeaked mid and died. It's like what do you then do with said info? Like, are you then going to push up into mid and try to take that space and potentially offering up a trade? Do you fall back? and just deny the enemy team any ability to get that trade, given that it wasn't instant, like, and then regroup, regroup 
somewhere, like, and be like, oh, okay, well, like, we were defaulting, we got to pick mid, we're now up a man, if we, even if we go B, if we all five group up B and exec on to B, worst case scenario, it's 5v4 and we're still a man up in that. Like, I don't know, I, I feel like that's something that, like, we don't often make note of and then try to do anything with consciously in our ranked games. Yeah, sure, but I think the best thing to do is to mix it up. Like, of course, you're, you're playing for the pick because you know that that is going to advantage you in the round. Um, like, that's why you're defaulting. Um, and, like, the best thing is, you know, to mix it up, like, not do the same thing every time. If every time you get a pick, you immediately go and take that space, you're going to be very tradable for the other team who somebody playing nearby is going to know, oh, that person took that space, I can, I can walk over there. Or if you are constantly falling back, you know, that it gives them the ability to easily re-clear. But you're still, you're still a man up. So like you, you mix it up. It's the most boring take ever, but like, yeah, it, it, you saying that though, Cass reminded me of not so much ranked games, but premier that one of the things I noticed from our initial season that we had to, that we worked on. And I think we're way better at now is that we did lose a lot of rounds where we got the first blood and then did not do a good job of, of sticking together to go capitalize on anything that we just then, you know, played it still fairly spread out, not, you know, not good spacing or on different parts of the map. And then that got, you know, evened out again. Um, and I, I don't know that we've, you know, that we've really committed to like, oh, let's all necessarily regroup, but the idea of, okay, let's reassess together, whether we want to hit the site or leave, depending on how much space we've got with that kill I think we've, we're doing a much better job of that now than we did at the end, mm-hmm. like in the first season. Yeah, I guess it's good to like, like clearly understand that. Hey, now we should play as if trades are good for us. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and right, kinda, because a, a trade yeah. is we're, is still a man up for us, right? So you're if you're looking at okay, every time we trade, we're still winning the round. Um, like you should play a lot more grouped up and maybe you still have one person lurk, but if you're doing a full default, maybe you go to like a, uh, you know, a three, two instead of like a two, one, one, two or something mm-hmm. Two one one one. I don't Yeah. There's, there was <laughs> yeah. one too many people there, but <laughs> yeah. And, and I think oftentimes in premiere, it, it, it's a uh, four, one works well for us because Cass mm-hmm. loves to lurk and is a good lurk character. So then the rest of us four can be at the other side. Yeah, even yeah, four one works great. Yeah. Um, but you should def- you should probably be playing more together um, than not. You know, mm-hmm. and instead of keeping like staying in in the fully spread out position where you one of you could easily lose a gunfight and you, you're back to square. Right. Yeah. The the other thing that I've found that this comes into, and this isn't actually like a first blood, but it's like a we end up in like a two v one scenario, right? Um, we end up in a 2v1, the enemy team, let's just say they omen alt to, again, I'm just going to use the scent here, they omen alt to be a set. Um, they're getting spiked down. One person is CT, one person is mid, right? Like, or one person maybe even is like, uh, like B link, right? Versus like CT. It's like, is it, how worthwhile is it to group up in that scenario? Because that's a lot of time off the spike, 
if you guys are going to go and group up and then and then push the push the issue versus it's like oh well they're already CT and I'm basically garage like but we're giving the omen potentially once instead or like we're we're giving him gunfights before we can group up by switch or whatever yeah that's one of the things it's more important is, to group up toughest. yeah I, like, I personally I, think it's more important to group up because it doesn't matter how it depends on obviously who the other character is there and how well their post plant utility is set up. But in in the case where it's an omen, like they don't have a ton of post plant other after getting that down. And so it, it, I think it's more important to group up and have less time on the clock because you're as long as you are able to get that trade and force the the gunfight um what with enough time left, it's worth it. Yeah, I I'll, I'll have a slightly different take on that, which is to say that I think it highly depends on your info on the enemy team and what character you're playing. But if you feel like it's realistic that you can kill Omen and get to Spike before the enemy team, the rest of the enemy team arrives, then in that scenario, I think it's often worth it. Obviously, it depends on your confidence level and the exact timing and spacing. Um, but the basically, when you tap Spike bef- while you're the only one on site, even if you're going to get, uh, even if the enemy team is going to arrive in like three seconds. Um, you put so much pressure on the enemy team that you open up a lot of space for the rest of your team to catch up. I, I guess in my scenario, I was thinking of it was a two v one. Yeah, you you did. Oh, okay. Okay, I kind of yeah. Like, like, like Oben is last alive just, on their team, yeah, but okay, if there so are more people, it makes it more with, complicated. Of course. Yeah, I was just coming up with like a random scenario. There. Like it doesn't need to be an Omen team being decided. It's oh, like you're oh, in a two v okay. you're in a two v one retake or a three v two retake, but you're spread out when this happens, right? Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. Or, I, like, I yeah, let's just say that, like, you're, you had two teammates, B, who got three kills before they both died, but the enemy team got the spike down. Someone was playing tree, someone was playing A main, someone was playing mid. Yeah, right? so you're, how, how, so how like much you do are you prioritize, yeah. like, playing together rather than getting there sooner? Or, or not even just getting there sooner, but, like, the pincering from multiple angles mm-hmm. like the worst thing that could possibly happen in this scenario is you 3v2 you group up market or ct and a sova dart pings all three of you right right it's like that that now just takes all these question marks out of the enemy team and just says hey we just need to stop them from coming out ct and even though there are only two of us right if we can drop a smoke there and we can hold that like even though it is a, or even though you're in a two v three scenario, like there's a good chance that you're favored there, because you have spike down already. Um, if not, just even. And like, if you're in a two v three, you take even odds any day of the fucking week. But if that dart now only tags one person or even two people, it's like, hey, now we have people moving in from garage, market, and CT. Right? Like, that's a lot harder for them as a two-player team to hold. But you are giving them the 1v1 gunfights. It's like, where do you... I don't know. And again, I don't think there is a a literal line in the sand of like, oh, if you have more than 30 seconds on the clock or 30 seconds on the spike timer, you group up versus under 30 seconds, probably just take the quickest avenue to sight. Like, I don't know if there's a hard rule. It's just like, I, I deal with that, especially on Cypher when I've worked out of a given area. And it's like, 
don't know, is it worth the time for me to group up with my teammate? Yeah, it's it's a tough one for sure because it always feels terrible if you're the first one to die in the 2v1. You're like, damn, I threw. <laughs> but it also <laughs> yeah. feels great if you, you know, shoot someone in the back because you're able to get a timing on them that they're not expecting. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, I was right to do that. So now that I understand the context better, I would tend to agree with Chase more, but it, it really does depend. And it's also how hot you're feeling. You know, if you're just popping off, you're having a God-tier game. You know, if it's, if it's Alex on site in a premier game, and it's the end. Yeah, I would say, you know, if he feels like pushing, he should push. Even if we even if we lose as a result, if he feels like he's got the the moment to strike, strike, get that kill. Yeah, I feel like there's so many situations where, like, I'm the one rotating over. My teammate is closer in this 2v1 oh, situation yeah. and I'm and I'm calming like, hey, wait for me. I'm, I'm almost there. Wait for me. Yeah. And then they force the issue. And so and a lot of the times, you know, they get the kill and then we just win the mm-hmm. round and then it, everybody kind of looks at you like a, like an idiot for calming, hey, wait, because yeah. they got the kill. But I'm like, no, it was way smarter if they just waited, you know, five seconds yeah. for me to get there. There are definitely times when, like, you don't have a choice, though, in terms of... There are of... times when you don't have a choice. I'm talking about they definitely yeah. have a choice. Right, end. right. When yeah. you def- It's like, oh, hey, don't flash through the smoke CT and peek. Yeah. I will be there, and then you can flash through, and we can both peek. Versus... Exactly. Uh, oh, shit, I just got Omen paranoid, and they're fucking... Or, like, I just got, like, tagged by a Sova dart, and this guy's trying to get into a duel with me. Yeah, then you have uh, to take... Then, yeah, then you have to take a duel, duel, but, yeah. But, like, yeah. in the situation where, like, you know, you're uh, ascent uh, a heaven, and they are over there, and you have to wait for your teammate to catch up to you heaven, and they're about to, like, back up to play post-plant for main. Mm-hmm. You know? It, like, you could swing that and try to take the duel with them while they're trying to back up to main, or you could wait five seconds, wait, wait for them to get set up in main a little bit more comfortable and wait for your, your teammate to be there to hold with you. I think mm-hmm. that's a smarter play. Yeah. I, I think like with the specific scenario laid out, I do think there is a little bit of like, but if I can kind of jiggle this and figure out where they're going to play post plant, that's huge. It's like, okay, I heard spike go down. If I can jiggle out or like jump peak, maybe even and like be very uncommittal. Yeah, and info is place. different. Info is yeah, different yeah, than yeah. taking the duel, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, just like, oh, like I can figure out if they want main or if they want treat, because that'll make a huge difference in how like we approach our retake here or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I think cause maybe they're backing up and you can get a timing as they're like trying to go around the corner to play post plant, or maybe they're just holding heaven. Yeah. Like they know you're there and they're just holding that because they think somebody's going to swing. And now all of a sudden they could, you're giving them the time to get the kill back up and play a one V one post plant from, from that position. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, like, yeah, yeah, I definitely notice that a lot when I'm rotating to the other side to Cypher. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm anchoring. And then this yeah. is, especially on Bind. Like, it happens all the time on Bind because the TPs are there. Yeah. Um, It's like... I feel like anchoring is almost more important on that map because of the TPs. Um, yeah, definitely, because it, and, yeah. until they're on site, they could have backed out at any point. Yeah. Like, especially if, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, they just, like, we know there are a lot of them B-Long, and maybe there's one or two guys hookah. But until I see, like, until my team comes that, hey, bomb is on site, or they have site, it's like, ah, fuck, I should really kind of stay here. Yeah, definitely, because they, they have such a fast rotate to be on site. Yeah. Right? Um, but then it often leaves me in the, ah, shit, I now need to rotate over for a retake. 
And that's another one with the choice that I was talking about earlier. It's like, oh, do I just go through TP? And that's even more of like a, if I go through TP, they know that I went through TP. Um, so it's like, ah, do I go through TP or do I run CT um, and group up with my team? I personally like think run, run CT and group up with your team. I hate when my yeah. teammate then rotates over through CT. They know that they're there and we're separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the worst case scenario. Well, one of the things I was literally just thinking about would, uh, would be a your Yoru, for whatever reason you were anchoring a, you send your TP towards B site CT, and then you run through the TP and then hit your TP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that, that could be kind of nice. Because, like, I like doing they could like think that both people are there or something. Yeah. Well, no, it's like you faked audio cue that you were going, or that you might be retaking through hookah. Now, somebody needs to expend either util and or just a gun looking at hookah. Yeah. Versus, and like, especially if you TP to B site CT and you're out of audio range. Like, if you do that out of audio range, I think that's great. If you do it within audio range, it's like, then they're running... Oh, they could be different. either way, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's worth noting that your TP does not make any noise where you're TPing from. It only makes noise where you're TPing to. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, one of the things you can do is you can be play B long. You can go through the teleporter to A, and then you can just sit in the teleporter. And if you And until you open the door, they don't know if you're in there or if you teleported back. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I, there's I, no audio cue. Yeah. So I love yeah. playing B long as Yoru and just, you know, doing that, like, you know, messing with their heads a little bit. Now, the, 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 the solution to that, the thing that the counter is if they have a player lurk B and like push up long to then camp my TP. But I've, I don't know that I've ever had someone do that besides maybe by accident once or twice. Well, couldn't you just send your <laughs> TP back to like B site proper? Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. That, that works as well. Yeah. All right, well, that's about all I got for this podcast, unless any of you guys have any uh, closing remarks or anything I like that. I think we covered everything. My drink is finally done, and wow, I've consumed my impressive. entire glass of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Very Russian of you. Cass, I mean, Jason, oh. you, you going to say it? You forgot what the ending <laughs> line is? <laughs> no, I was, I was too drink. focused on Cass making himself a new drink, so um, on that, we will drink with you later. <laughs>